Yo, 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 This is BCW, Villains and Vinyl. It's a... It's a yo, it's a Villains, baby. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a double feature right Yeah, where, where it all collides. I don't even know. Just where everything just come together. BCW, As BCW. We are one we man down today, so <laughs> I am joining forces with the Fight Bros. If you listen to our podcast, you know what that is. As usual, I am one quarter of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet, and I am joined today, as usual, by... All right, it is your boy, Quinn, number two in the podcast rotation, everybody's favorite, and I am currently sipping on my drink of choice tonight, a red rum. XO reserve, good stuff right there. And I'm about to throw it over to the liquor god himself. It is he, it is me, number three, your boy Tequila T. I'm actually drinking a truly because I'm trying to watch this weight before, you know, we in DC. Blurcon, we coming for you. Um, number four is actually not here right now, you know, because fight bros do what fight bros do. And, you know, he had to handle some business. I'm not going to tell you what the outcome of the business was. The business was good. Well, well, he had to knock somebody, you know. He handled. Well, he handled. He handled the business, and it's none of your nah. business. That's right. Sometimes, right. sometimes there's consequences, but you know, he'll be back. Don't get caught. Mm. Don't mm. let me sit the fight, bros, on you. Hey, I got rum in my system. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So, a couple housekeeping things. Please follow us on Instagram at Villains and Vinyl on Twitter at Villains and Vinyl. Please, if you are a listener, click that like button or give us a rating. Let us know what we can improve on. As usual, we are thankful. Also, to give you a rundown of what we will be talking about today. So you can listen and skip around to your favorite parts. We will be starting off talking about the most recent Shang-Chi teller. I hope I did not just butcher that. Sorry if I did. Then we will be going (laughs) to Tyler, the Creator's album review. And lastly, we will be talking, because this is the VCW portion, about the WWE wrestler that was fired last week, along with also the other firings that took place. All right. First up, new MCU trailer alert. I have full disclosure. I have not seen it. So I'm going to let Tequila T and Q, y'all discuss it. I don't even care if you spoil it, because I've just been busy with work, so I haven't gotten a chance to see it. How does it differ from the first one? Do you like it? Stuff like that. And go. You need to go watch Mm. it now while we talk about this. Get yourself educated. (laughs) But uh, we got the the trailer for Shang-Chi. And we definitely got some more footage. I'm glad it's not too much footage because I don't want it to be like Black Widow where we waited so long that I've seen so so many commercials. I think I've already seen the movie. Yeah. But... I don't know. This this trailer, I think, did make me want to see it just a little more than the second one. Even if it is because, I guess, now that trailer's having post credit scenes, which is starting to be funny. But um, we're getting that interested. What, before we get to that little Easter egg, Quinn, what made you want to see it? What about the trailer did you like? Because uh, how do you feel about the Ten Rings actually being looking like bracelets? Well, I'm a, like, as mentioned previous times, like, me and D, we love Kung Fu movies. So, I'm an old school, like, a uh, Shang-Chi fan, and I was hyped for the movie when they announced he was going to get his own. And as far as the break, like the, the, you know, the, the rings, 
I'm actually okay with that because heck, that that uh, martial arts like uh, rings like you you remember the old kung fu movies where they had yeah. the masters like the Shaolin masters with their rings on. So I like that they're taking that and making the rings those. But there's a lot of cool stuff that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing in it. Like the first trailer was dope. It it got you hyped. Two was like all right, all right. So this is the movie you're gonna be getting right here, and you only getting a little sample of it. And, and like you said, there's a big surprise. Well, two surprises in the trailer. See, I I just wanted him, the man, to come out with the rings like he was Ghostface Killer and Raekwon. I want him to come out with the Bill Russell rings doing the picture, just coming out. <laughs> with, you know what I'm saying, man? Like, come out with them seven rings, man. Hey, who come knows? We might, we might get uh, we might get Iron Man like a uh, three Mandarin show up for a little quick one. Yeah, because that'd hey, be something man. to see those two interact. Because y'all remember the I remember the Iron Man cartoon from the '90s, and I, that's how that was how I was introduced to Iron Man or the Mandarin anyway. And I remember him having the seven rings. Like, come on, man! I get it. Look, it looks. No, I'm not going to judge it because we haven't seen the movie yet, so it'll probably be good. But yeah, that was a part that I kind of like. I want to see Bill Russell up here just shooting powers <laughs> and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even though not seven rings, my fault. Not seven rings. Bill Russell. Bill Russell got, got so many. We gonna call him Robert Ory. <laughs> You knew it was coming. Oh, Hall God. Of, Hall of Fame. Robert circle. Ory for Hall of Fame. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, to keep it going, so the end of the trailer, you know, they, they give you, they're going through, you know, they didn't give you too much more than they gave you in the first one. But at the end of the trailer, you know, you see them in look like a cage fight. And we see some familiar faces in this cage fight. We see Abomination, or what looks like it could be Abomination, because you never know. But we see what looks like Abomination from the Incredible Hulk movie. We haven't seen him in, what, 15 years? Yeah, I want, I want it to be the case, because canonically, they do mention that S.H.I.E.L.D. had him locked up in, uh, in prison in Alaska. And Endgame did happen. And S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. did, like, uh, collapse. So maybe he got out. But um, then, but... He was for some reason it looked like he was fighting Wong, Doctor Strange, because you saw the magic and it was like, okay, what's going on here? And so it kind of makes you now, even for people that are not interested in Shang Chi, even that little scene makes you want to know why is Doc, why is Wong from Doctor Strange? What's happening since the end game for him to be here? And then especially with Abomination, that the fifty years, where was what is he doing here when both are about to be part of future projects? Because yeah, you have Doctor Strange, Multiverse, you know, Ma Multiverse, Madness, Madness, Multiverse coming out. And then um, Abomination is supposed to be Tim Roth has signed on, who played Abomination for the um, She-Hulk series. Well, I mean, it, it's an interesting move on Disney's part, just kind of having it unfold like this. Because remember the MCU, we got little, little, little things peppered in there, like in the first half of it. And then like with this, it just seems like they're being forward. Like real quick, to tie this in, I was uh, online and word around the campfire now is that Disney changed the ending to WandaVision. I, did, I haven't clicked on, yeah, I haven't clicked on the but I heard they, re, they um, edited the scene, they edited yeah. the, uh, the post credit scene. Why is yeah. that? Uh, well, I mean, from what I've gathered, and this is, and anybody can look this up online right now, or heck, pull up your Disney Plus. If you've seen it already, like, you know, check it out again. But yeah. It, there's a figure gliding through the air and it looks almost like Doctor Strange. Like you can see the cape and everything blowing in, in, in the wind. 
And I hadn't caught that. Like, if it was there, I hadn't caught it, but it's a distinct silhouette. Like, you can see it gliding just like he would glide. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, like, they add that little tidbit for people who go back and watch, rewatch it again. She'd be like, oh, wait, maybe I missed that. And maybe that's a tie, another tie into, like, uh, Doctor Strange. Or she changed the reality in real life. <laughs> uh, well, nice, we'll nice, nice job, Marvel, to get us to get more <laughs> hits on that episode. Nice yeah. job. So, like, so I just want to throw that one in there because I felt like that kind of tied in because it was pretty recent, along with like the release of the Shang Chi trailer. I still want him to have the damn Rako and Ghostface rings, man. Come on, man. Hey, hey, who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe at some point we will get cameos back again by like some of our favorite people because I'm still still best thing in the world and I hate that like they cut the like the actual original version of it with uh with Starks himself like you know uh Ghostface like that he actually had a full out scene with with uh Tony Stark so okay well shoot why are we talking about hip hop this I know CJ waiting for uh, uh, sh- an album came out with a bang this this past album Friday. of the year so far. If you yeah. ask me, oh, uh, yeah, album yeah, came out with a bang Friday. Tyler Creator, what's album of the year? CJ, go ahead. Oh, it's Tyler Creator. Call me if you get lost. Mm. Also, Masquerade. Also, not Masquerade. That's the wrong choice of words. Also, Against the Grills album. <laughs> yeah, I, man, that, that caught me by guard. Like, that caught me off guard like that. When I heard that Against the Grills, not, not in one, just multiple tracks. I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. So, yes, he released Call Me If You Get Lost. Um, it's just, I, I'm going to let y'all talk. I, well, no, no, no. no. Just, you talk, CJ. Hey. We just talked a lot. I, I think ahead. it was, if it's, I, to be fair, I didn't look at the, I think, it was great, man. It's no skips. I think it's the first no skip for me, for me. And it's all subjective when we're talking hip hop. It's the first no skip album of the year where I can let it play through repeatedly. I think the production is amazing. I know Tyler did a lot of the production. If not all of it, don't quote me on that because I didn't get a chance to look it up before this recording. And the features were used immaculately from 42 Doug to Lil Wayne who's been secretly killing shit this whole year. <laughs> Nobody want to talk about it, but Wayne been killing shit this whole year. And um yeah, just fucking great, man. I love the subject matter. I love the title when you when you find out what it means, like just getting lost in the world. And he talks about how it changed his worldview, uh, how one of the best things that ever happened to him was going you know outside of the world in 20 and then if you're looking for just one track to listen to my personal favorite track is Wilshire that is a fucking storytelling lyrical work of art now he rapping through the whole album let me be clear but Wilshire itself goddamn work of art <laughs> so those are my thoughts <laughs> hey I came front Lil Uzi killed um Juggernaut yeah, man, that I was, was he was big bars on that. Like he straight up, spa- he straight up spazzed out. Like, uh, and, and and it's cool hearing like just the level of lyricism that like goes into that stuff. Because what was that? What was that one line he did about like he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna treat you my like my Lambo. I'm gonna wreck you," and it's like, damn. 
and he just kept going back and forth, giving that kind of dual like a uh, and dual lyrics, and it's like, I, bro, I, I guess they want no flash in the pan. Well, here's the thing about hip hop. Here's the thing that when we talk about hip hop and lyrics, it's not even so much what you say is how you say it. Because I've heard plenty of Southern MCs spit bars that people be like, oh, whatever. And I've heard New York rappers or other rappers spit the same type of bar. And they're like, oh, that shit crazy. <laughs> so. I feel you on that. No, I got feel you on that. Yeah, yeah that's how I, I was like that. I used to be like that back in like, I'll be real. That's when I told you, growing up for a while, I was trying not to add like Southern rappers had bars and then. I smile. Luda definitely shut me the fuck up. Now let me stop hating and just really listen to everything. Well, and also, but not just that. To, no, I was saying to be fair. Also, I also realized. So I was listening to something the other day, and I was like, "Yo, when I was when I was younger, there was some New York rap I like. I was like, I thought this shit was just all right. He's actually kind of spitting that I wasn't giving him credit for." And to be fair, Uzi's not a southern rapper, but still. The point, so yeah, Philly, yeah. which is funny, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Tyler is, yeah, Tyler. I, I thought to me, because to me, the album on the year before that, in my personal opinion, I think was J. Cole. Mm-hmm. But I think this this album is gonna be hard to top. I think oh. it's gonna be hard for the rest of the year. I, and I'm not saying the album can't do it because who knows? Like, there's still half the year left, but well, but here's the thing if rappers keep coming out the gate like this and kind of showing like they've matured and like you know the style and kind of crap like finding a way to really show off some new like some new shit it's gonna be a good year because that, that's the problem with like a lot of already pre-established like cats is that they'll come out with the album and it's like oh well that was better than you know they got jay-z syndrome or where it's a good album but then somebody else comes out with something where they like they wow, they wait a minute, different. bro. Wait a minute. What? Hold on, what? Yeah. Explain <laughs> that again. Explain what you mean by that again. Rewind and let me pull that, that back. <laughs> All right. So what I mean by Jay Z syndrome is okay. What would you say is Jay Z's like name some of Jay Z's weakest albums, like compared to the ones that everybody praised? Well, if you asking me, all of his weaker albums come after his quote unquote retirement. Up into, I thought American Gangster was really good, and then he started to kind of alternate. In my humble opinion, not even between bad albums, because to me, Jay Z's worst album still has some tracks on it. But like, I wasn't a fan of Blueprint Three, and then he came back. So it kind of just depends. Anything before the Black album, no, I think it's good. I think some are better than the others. For example, like Reasonable yeah. Doubt. Um, the blueprint, what or what have you, but even his albums that are not a good as good as those are still pretty good. Yeah, but what I mean though is like when an artist plateaus, like when they hit that that point where it's like, okay, well, I can do whatever from this point on, so I'm not really gonna push myself as far as trying to change it up and then do something like you know, like like put something different out there. Because the thing is, once he got one for Igor, he could have stopped, you know. He could have stopped and we could have gotten more because Tyler said he wanted to produce more. Well, I do think he he has the same thing that Kendrick has in that one album. And I, I, I guess I get what you're saying is that with certain rappers, their albums sound the same, even if they're good or bad. They just sound the same. I think with him, him and Kendrick are in that rarefied air. All their albums sound different. 
Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. Like they have that success, but each album is something like different. It's them, like you know, sound still there, but it's much, it's improving. It's it's like Run the Jewels. Every Run the Jewels album, it's just a step up. We talked about that, and I feel like we're kind of like the same thing. To be fair, Run the Jewels, even though every album's a step up, I agree. They're still kind of similar. Where I think. Igor doesn't sound like Call Me If You Get Lost. You can see yeah. certain hints of it, to be fair, because there's a certain melodic element to it. But to me, personally, and I think somebody probably out, out there in the world would disagree with me, they sound nothing alike. Well, yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, because like I haven't listened to like uh, all his uh, discovery, especially stuff uh, you definitely see shades of like at points when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, he's going back, like, how he sounded goblin. Then that changed up, and it's like, he's using stuff that he's used in Wolf, and then it just makes this whole new, like, freaking sound. Like, like I said, this album, I agree with you, it, it might be album of the year. Yeah, I'm trying, I mean, so far, like, I never want to sit here and be super cocky, like, that's it. But I do think this is going to be a high hurdle to jump yeah. over because it was very cohesive and I think also when it comes to hip hop and I think the and I'm trying to think of this I hope people don't take this the wrong way I think the year off will probably end up doing some good because I think people had a couple years to work on projects where before it was yeah. a rush uh, let me get this out let me do this. Now, Tyler wasn't really one of those artists, to be fair. But I think there are a bunch of other artists who will be dropping this year where I think that serves that year off, gave them time to put some polish on these projects. So yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, because like I said, like, and me, like, I hope it's not me, but real talk, though, some of them beats, though, like, they went hard. And there was that little bit of nostalgia in it, too. Oh, Tyler's one hell of a producer. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I could have swore, like, uh, what was it? Uh, what, like, uh, what's your, like, uh, what's your name or what, or whatnot? The way that track played out, it sounded like some shit that, like, I would hear when I was younger on the radio, like, just how the beat set up and how it, the song itself feels like one you would hear on, like, K97.5 for us local folks here in Carolina, you know? <laughs> and the other thing was, if we're being real, that Gangsta Grills helped that project a lot. Yes, it like, did. Oh, yeah. and, and not in the way that it, I, I think that album would have been good by itself. Don't get me wrong, but I think Gangsta Grills added a, a layer to it. It gets you hype, no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something about the Gangsta Grizzle layout. Because I, I, I always said, if I ever did a mixtape, I would love DJ Drama to be this. Yeah, because I was listening to Ti like and uh in DJ Drama and yeah, no, nah, it's just something about when you hear it in there, like like you said, it gets you hype. You know that's a legit joint. Drama Jeezy back in the day. Drama Lil Wayne. Dedication oh, I mean, series. think about it. Like, Gangsta Grills for a certain age <laughs> is like the grill of mixtapes. Like, that is the mixtape series for a certain age. That is just what it is. Like, so yeah, I'm with what it. So, yeah. What if he? What if? What if he? What if DJ Drama started doing gospel? Like, just imagine that. Just picture that over. <laughs> Hold on. Did, I, let me look it up before I ask. Because I was say, did him and um, Kurt Franklin? No. Um, oh. <laughs> didn't, uh, what's my man? Um, 
Gospel rapper. Actually, dope. Like, oh, really, Lecrae. 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 Didn't him and Lecrae, didn't Lecrae do a Gangsta Grills? Did they? Hold oh, on. Let me see. I might be wrong. I feel like... Probably wrong. I'm probably wrong. I know DJ, I know Don Cannon did it when it worked with him. That might be what I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm sorry. Because yeah, I, I was about to say, Lecrae nasty now. If he was to do one. Yeah, because I was like, oh. <laughs> Lecrae, one of them rare gospel rappers that can. Lecrae, one of them rare gospel rappers that can rap his ass. Yo, (laughs) and not sound preachy. That's a. (laughs) But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, um, yeah. The funny part about Tyler is that he made that last album, Igor, which was completely melodic, melodic, focused on his vocals, and he was like, "Oh, Sonic." Like, oh, I can rap. I can still rap, nigga. Like, <laughs> when he wants to. Yeah, no, no. Because that Lumberjack, the lead-off single to it, that thing to me, and... Yeah, yeah Lumberjack that, go hard. Yeah, Lumberjack I, go hard. Yeah. Upon yeah, repeated we said, I, Yeah, I called you and told you about it before. I was like, yo, you heard that Lumberjack? And they should know Tyler came out. I didn't know it was coming out that quick. Oh, yeah. You know, that's how they go. They don't let singles, the bigger artists don't let singles kind of last long before they, they dropped that shit. But yeah, it was super dope. I'm with it. Like, I'm with that whole project. It was great. Um, yeah, it was a great project. Now, now the hurdle gets a little bit higher, right? Because J. J. Cole, excuse me, set the bar at one place. Even backing up to the beginning of the year, Griselda with Benny and Conway did their thing. Then J. Cole, now you got <laughs> Tyler. I ain't gonna lie, Drake and Kendrick is gonna be on you. <laughs> like the pressure's on Drake and Kendrick, yeah, well. especially for Kendrick. I think Drake is kind of can do whatever because he's Drake. He's just he can do whatever. But Kendrick, <laughs> I think is is gonna be some pressure. And even then, I think Kendrick will be fine. But. The expectation for Kendrick every year is to come out with the album of the year. I've never seen anything like it. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. But all right. Speaking of interesting, mm. we are now done with the wrestling. I mean, excuse me, with the hip hop. Hold up. Hold up, CJ. Damn it. Get it right. Oh, me- we, we are now done with the hip hop and nerd portion. So if you want to turn off, thank you. Tune in to Instagram at Villains and Vinyl. Tune in to Twitter at Villains and Vinyl. Listen to us wherever podcasts are. Thank you. Now let's get into. Tur- I ain't telling y'all to turn off. Y'all know y'all want to hear our voices. Keep it going. Everybody's into wrestling, but if you're into wrestling, nah, keep was, us going. Keep us there going. Was a, there was something that happened over the over the past week that I think we want to talk about. Of course, we could talk about the wrestlers that were released, and I think. We will probably get to that. Um, but there was a bigger issue that if you are a WWE fan, I think you want to talk about. And that is the firing of creative writer and producer Kenise Mobley. Kenise was a stand-up oh. comedian and podcast host. Uh, she was hired to work on kind of the raw brand. And that with no prior knowledge of the product. And then she went on a podcast called Asian Not Asian, where she revealed that A, she didn't know anything about the product, and B, probably more egregious, WWE didn't require her to know anything about the product, 
And then she goes on to misname the champion Bobby Lashley. So after that podcast, there was a lot of social media backlash and then a lot of backlash backstage, and she was eventually fired. I don't know which way y'all want to go with this, <laughs> so I'm going to let y'all go with it. All I'm going to say is I'm going to never hate on anybody for getting a job they're not qualified for. But I will hate on you for being stupid enough to talk about how you're not qualified for a said job. That's Bingo. all I'm gonna say. Bingo. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for mm-hmm. I feel bad for anyone that loses mm-hmm. a job. But you can't get on you can't bad mouth your job on social media or whatever type of media. But you was in. that bad? Not, not even bad mouth. But you can't make statements that would make oh. that'll bring your company into bad viewing. I'm just saying, I get. I, I'm more mad at WWE for offering her a job, not yeah. because of anything against her. Oh, personally. of course, I'm not mad at her. Yeah, yeah, like that. her personally, it's nothing to be. But I think anybody should know the product that works in that writing team. So I'm not mad at her for taking the job, but you got to be smart. You can't go on podcasts and be like, "Hey, look at me, guys! Look how much I don't know." <laughs> Like, and then mispronounce one of your biggest stars on the brand you work for. Because yeah. you have you have to know the community for which you're writing for. So that I do give her some slack. I mean, I give her some blame for it. That's it. And the WWE was in a no-win situation. The PR just got too bad. It couldn't keep her. Well, but here's the here, here's the interesting thing about it, too. Because they this isn't the first time. Like the the one that like most definitely popped to my attention when, like, uh, I, I read an article about what she said was I was listening to the New Day podcast, and they had your boy uh, Freddie Prince Jr. on there. You know, like, and y'all know who Freddie Prince Jr. is, right? Yeah. Just assuming him. Okay. So, yeah. So he actually wrote, he, he actually wrote for WWE. Yeah, for, I remember. Like, yeah, for years. Was, uh, producer Not a couple and, years. Yeah, years. Producer. Yeah, and producer and director. So, and he on New Day's podcast was uh, basically saying, you know, yeah, like originally I had only watched wrestling when I was a kid. So, you know, I, they they approached me about it and I got involved. And he was, I mean, he eventually wanted to say that, yeah, he started getting back, super heavy back into wrestling. But it's not uncommon for them that, because they've had, they have a track record of hiring a lot of people from like comedy writers. But you know, it yeah, it just kind of goes down that she just really, really but to be made a bad play on that one. But to be fair, the difference between Freddie Prince is that he was an in and out fan, so he at least still knew it. The other difference yeah. is I get your point about them not hiring people who don't know anything. Like to be not to pick on this young woman, that's she's not the first hire that they've done like that. She won't be the last. But and correct me if I'm wrong because I could very well be wrong, so I don't want to throw any unfair slander or anything like that. She's the first one to openly talk about it like this, right? Because even with Freddie Prince, he was like, Yeah, I was into it, I left and I came back, which under which I understand that exact same thing happened to me, so I can I can get it. That's totally different than I don't know shit about your product. <laughs> like, I, I, will say. I, don't, I don't know shit and that's what I'm saying wow, and as a company if I'm thinking I'm like yo why would you tell them that 
and and that's mm -hmm. why they what was their next move. And to be, I mean, this is she, you, don't have to, you don't have to fire. You can just spin her for a little bit. Oh no, still, I don't think you should have. I don't think you had to fire her because my biggest problem with WWE because enough of her because I don't want to put too much on her. Why the hell are you hiring people who don't know shit about your product? Well, it's they're, they're leaning towards the entertainment. It's a show. Yeah, it's an yeah. entertainment. Yeah, like no, that. but that's reflecting in the numbers now. We can't have it. Like, you can't start to get decreased ratings and then say the way to fix it is by hiring more people who don't know shit about your product. But that's... We're talking about the WWE here. And you, you always get on anything, that. Entertainment, anything. We can say it's a show. You're not going to hire for... No, uh, we're talking about these bosses. Yeah, but even... We can't use the show as an excuse because you're not going to hire for a leading sitcom somebody with no comedy writing experience. Well... I mean, yeah, going back in the nerd stuff, comic like the comic industry mainly, Marvel has been doing a lot of that with hiring a lot of people that just don't have the background or, but they they may be writers, they're not comic book writers. That's, that's not a good example right now with the comic book industry not doing. Anyway, that's that another story. The point oh, that, oh. Uh, I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, that was a good point, some, Quinn. Yeah, Damn it, like, Quinn, come on, I need another point. <laughs> and I get what they're saying. Like, I mean, that's. It, and to be fair with comic books, I think it's a little bit easier because you can still tell a story. Like it's still storytelling at the end of the day. So yeah, I can but, but with wrestling, so is WWE. No, it's it's a completely yeah, it's completely different life, form. You have uh, these lifers though that follow a lot of it and stay proof of it. Just like you know, people argue, and to this day, who was the better leader for the X Men? Like old school, old heads will argue like their point, and vice versa. Same thing with wrestling. You know, attitude era was the best. You know, oh, I like kind of pre, oh. like a little before, like PG. You know, stuff Let like me that. be clear. Let me be clear here. If you think the attitude era was the best era of wrestling, you're trash. Anyway, so okay, that what you were that's <laughs> CJ hot take. Y'all always say that's controversial stuff. Let me say something. <laughs> 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 y'all always you're trying, to get, you're trying to get us taken out. Well, y'all get canceled every week for some of the shit y'all. You know, you put that so, light on. Let me finally get canceled. If you are a wrestling fan and you think the Attitude Era is the best era in wrestling, you have trash taste in wrestling. I said it. All right. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's go. So, anything else you want to say? Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just better the stars. Huh? Yeah. They had better stars. That's cool. Wrestling still was trash. I said what I said. <laughs> oh, just we, we're going to move on? <laughs> I said what I said. They, that's fine. And some of those best stars did some of their best work in the Ruthless Aggression era, but we don't want to talk about that. Anyway. I'm going to take another sweet <laughs> run. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I said what I said. Give us an example. Oh, Triple H. Shawn Michaels. I'll say Shawn Michaels did his best work in the Ruthless Aggression era. I'll give you that. I, Shawn Michaels was working that. He yeah. cool. <laughs> I'll say like, Triple I'll say, H. No, I'll give you uh, that. Better, rest, better wrestling has happened. I'll also say uh, Undertaker yeah. did his best work in the Ruthless Aggression Man, era. How you gonna leave the goat out himself who started it all? John Cena. Mr. Ruthless Aggression himself. He's only in Ruthless. He's only in Ruthless Aggression. We're talking about attitude stars. At I don't even say Edge because Edge was technically both. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, 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 said, I said it. 
Like most people did their best work. Chris Jericho. Like let, we can keep going, bro. <laughs> well, but but we gonna go ahead and pump the brakes anyway. So but none of them will get in the pops of rock. Austin, <laughs> Triple H. I'm not saying yeah. they didn't have bigger. So I, I say what I said. If you think the attitude is better, you have trash taste in wrestling. Anyway, I get what you're saying. Damn. No, I definitely get what you're saying because damn it, Chris. Never mind. We don't say his name. Well, WWE don't. Those and Chris Benoit and the SmackDown Eight. Hell, hell yeah! Like no, Brock I mean Lesnar. he's a horrible human being. But Chris Benoit was a great wrestler. Like two things could be true. He was a trash ass human, great wrestler. Anyway, so back to the original point. If you were a WWE executive and you were hiring for the writer position, this is the question I want to ask you both. What qualifications would you require? Because to be fair, maybe I'm overthinking and maybe you're like, no, you don't need wrestling experience. And to be fair, that could be true. But I don't want to, I'm talking about wrestling experience. They need to watch wrestling or they need to actually wrestle Hmm. Okay. Oh. That's what I'm saying. What? What? Number saying. What, 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 what well, like, well, Okay. So let me just put it like this: knowledge of the product. So don't necessarily okay, yeah. means you have to had wrestle, but you either need, and I don't even need to think you need to be a lifelong fan, but you need to know maybe certain things about the product. That's for me. But to be yeah. fair, you uh-huh. might have a different viewpoint on it, and I'm all for talking shit, but I'm all for hearing what the viewpoint would be because that could be the case. I don't want to. Like just jump out there and be like, I'm completely right. Uh, no, I, I feel you on that. If, if it was me, I would want somebody like I would want a, a writing table. I would want it to be diverse. And when I mean about diverse, is they all still got to have knowledge. Some, like you said, somewhat knowledge of the product. But I would have if they somebody have a skill set that I feel like could help my writing team, and they didn't have the best knowledge. I would have vet them first. See if they're capable of learning. I'd give it a chance if it's like a certain area. But I actually want people more of this combat, like combat oriented too. Like I'd probably be looking for more um, sport writers. You know what I would want? I just want you to pitch me an idea of Raw. If you're going to be on the Raw writing team, I'd be like, yo, all I want is your script for one episode of Raw. If you're going to be on the SmackDown writing team, all I want is your script for one episode of SmackDown, <laughs> NXT, and so on and so forth. I want to see how you plot out an episode. Now, to be fair, Vince McMahon negates all this because <laughs> someone can be a writer and come up with a great idea and Vince can be like, hell no. So that is always there. But I would want to see how you script everything out from the segments to the storyline to the pacing to the number of matches, I would want to see what is your idea of a wrestling show. And that doesn't mean you have to necessarily have previous knowledge. Yeah, mine would be pretty, pretty like straightforward. Like, I mean, in order to get the best product that's going to stay relevant, yeah, you're going to have to like make a few exceptions. So my whole thing is I would want, you know, you'd have to be willing to go through a, a writer's like boot camp, like essentially for you to take in a product and then kind of come out with something like because that's the thing i think a lot of it is they basically hire these writers on the fly and yeah they just told hey look here's xyz write about it and then like we'll we'll run it by vince 
you know, versus you put them through a boot camp or where it's they're exposed to the product, you know, they get to meet the talent and really learn how to write for the talent. So I feel like that's the disconnect is that they bring in all these people and it's like, okay, I'm a stand-up comedian, you know, or I wrote like a, I wrote like a children's book. All right, well, how is that going to play about into if you're writing a promo for like Big E, you know? Because they did, because I will say New Day did mention it. They were like, yeah, at one point they were struggling with creative because no one knew how to write for like three black guys. So yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's just balancing it out and getting like people who they can give you the solid material when it comes to the writing, but also be able to make it believable. Yeah. No. I understand it. And and to the people that are going in on Kanice, like I get having a discussion about what she may have did wrong, but some of the shit people I see doing on social media is just too much. Yeah, just let it go. She she had to lock all her accounts. Like I get a critique of her and saying you shouldn't have did this. I get that. That's completely fair. But some of the stuff y'all going way OD on. Like that's that's, not that's not on her. Like they Twitter and social media, man. Yeah. This is- yeah. The is the best and the worst place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The story of and life. I, and I mean, even then, just kind of look at it like this, you know, somebody really, somebody got a job. At least be proud of the fact that they got something as prestigious as that. It's like, for example, a little, uh, another person not a lot of people know wrote briefly for WWE. One of my favorite stand-up comedians, uh, Patrice O'Neill. They, uh, he actually pitched like a thing to the, like a segment to them and they did the segment. And yeah, like afterwards, they were like, "Hey, you want a contract?" He was like, "Nah, I'm just gonna, you know, keep it a dream, like keep it a dream job. That's it." Yeah, no, I get I it. They like, yeah. So those are our thoughts. Uh, that's pretty much it. I really want to talk about that on the WWE side. We can go into the releases if you would like. I think we've done that story a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so we just want to do a uh, rundown of the list and just kind of because it, it, I don't think it's, this is going to be the last time, though. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. So uh, looks like it's Fandango, Breeze, Killian Dane, Marina Shafir, um, Ever Rise, uh, Arturo Ruiz, Tony Nice, which is a damn good wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Davari, the Bollywood Boys, August Gray, and Kurt Stallion. So, uh, and, and I mean, Fandango and Breeze are, I mean, this whole list, like, WWE does not have bad talent. That's the one thing you can't say. Like, yeah. they have an abundance of talented wrestlers. So, hopefully, the best is up for them, especially with the indie scene starting to open back up as we get uh, out of the situation that we're in. But, man, it's never an easy thing to talk about. Yeah, and a lot of them, too, have been with the company for a while, because I know the Bollywood boys, they were with, because uh, those are Sings, right? Yes. Um, I think, yeah, they were with, yeah. they were with uh, when, uh, you know, the, the, the true wrestling guy himself, Jinder Mahal, like, when he rolled up, they were like, yeah. and then on top of that, Fandango was in, like, in the company for a minute, same with Breeze. So, yeah, it, it definitely sucked to see him go, you know? But I look at it like this, take what you learn, sell yourself out there, you know? 
people have seen seen their matches. People know a lot of these people on that list are good. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And if WWE has proved nothing else, it's that if you go out there and, and elevate yourself, they'll take you back and elevate yeah. at, the, at the status where you should have been in the first place. If that makes sense. So, all right. Well, thank you all for this kind of mishmash episode. We had a couple big topics and we were like debating which ones to talk about. So we said, fuck it, you know, put it all in the pot, stir that shit up like some gumbo. So thank you all for listening. Once again, I'll say it. Follow us on Twitter at Villains and Vinyl. Follow us on Instagram at Villains and Vinyl. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, like, subscribe, all that type of stuff. If you have show ideas that you think we should talk about, please let us know. And like that, we are out of here. We the villains, baby. Has anybody ever counted how many lines Bobby Lashley has, though? Like. <laughs>